With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All the fast food restaurant strikes that are going on, people want to present the other side of the coin. And, yeah. and it's not, from my experience dealing with companies, it's not that we have to pay our workers a certain amount of money. It's the product is, is not as strong as it should be or the marketing isn't as strong as it should be. It's one issue that affects the entire pot. We've got Sonia Madison with us today. Sonia, before we let you go, um, what what's going on over there at the website? Get, give us some updates on some things you're working on. Well, I've posted a book about drones, If in case some of your viewers are listening. Uh, there was a recent Modern Family episode relating to drones and the privacy issues that addressed it as, as well as some of the legal issues. So check out the website and, and check on the article for that. I've also about to post, I just finished writing an article on performance reviews. So if you have any employees that are clients, I will um, definitely encourage them to check that out because having those type of initiatives in place for your employees is extremely important as it relates to employment engagement. So that's what's going on with me. Definitely stay up to date on that website and reach out to me at sonyabrysherconsultant.com uh, or through the website. Awesome stuff. Well, Sonia, we will... Uh We'll post the audio up on our website uh, of this interview just in case people have come in late or they want to hear it again. And uh, we will talk to you next week, my friend. I appreciate it. Good to see you again. Definitely. Thank you much, Sonia. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week. Sonia Madison with us today. We're going to take a timeout. Dan Perkins. Donald Mazzella. Yes, indeed. One of our most listened to segments is coming up these guys are fantastic we'll be back with more here on the world famous Jiggy Jack Marshall Are you looking to start your own successful online business on 100% hands-off autopilot for only $9? That's right. For a one-time payment of only $9, you can get paid up to $600,000. Thousands of Americans have joined, and they are making tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they all started with just $9. Absolutely no experience is necessary. You are paid immediately and instantly. Join thousands of others and make up to $600,000. Sign up right now at www.goo.gl forward slash S as in Sam, W capital F as in Fred, 1AQ. Again, that's www.goo.gl forward slash S as in Sam, W capital F as in Fred, 1AQ. Are you out of work? Are you looking to make a lot of money on the Internet from the comfort of your home? I have consistently made over $30,000 every month for the past eight years. It's fun, it's easy, and beginners are desperately needed right now. Sign up today at www.goo.gl forward slash capital W, capital N, zero, lowercase x, lowercase u, the number nine. 
and potentially make over $30,000 a month, just like I did. Again, the website address is www.goo.gl forward slash capital W, capital N, zero, lowercase x, lowercase u, number nine. I'm always looking for great new talk shows to listen to, and I found one. It's called The Mallard Report. From the far beyond to the close to home, you'll hear it all discussed on The Mallard Report with your host, Jim Mallard. The Mallard Report is a paranormal talk show which explores the backstory, the hidden story, and the things other hosts are afraid to discuss. From the secrets of the paranormal to Paula Dean to the government spying on us all, no topic is too taboo for Jim to ignore. The Mallard Report airs live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Listen to The Mallard Report by going to to italkparanormal.com. That's the letter I, italkparanormal.com. When you visit italkparanormal.com, you can listen to the Mallard Report 24-7. italkparanormal.com, italkparanormal.com for the Mallard Report. Attention, everyone. Is your computer getting slow? Are errors popping up all over the screen? You need Quick Speed PC. Get your free scan today at quickspeedpc.com and speed your computer up like new. That's quickspeedpc.com for your free scan today. Go to quickspeedpc.com today. Quickspeedpc.com. Somewhere over the rainbow lies a pot of gold that's sure to make your next fundraising event a huge success. Rainbow Dust, the innovative and exciting project that is a must-have for any fundraiser, is the hottest interactive candy product on the market today. Visit www.myrainbowdust.com to see how Rainbow Dust can add magic to your next function. Find out why kids will be standing in line for their turn at making their own delicious Rainbow Dust candy creation. Use the promo code RADIO2 to receive free ground shipping myrainbowdust.com let the magic begin let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at transmedia worldwide kelly is with us she's the owner and ceo of shabby roses incorporated check out www.shabbyroses.com oh yeah they're dialing in here because they love shabby roses shabby roses is an accredited better business bureau e-commerce company that offers a wide selection of beautifully eclectic shabby chic French country, and cottage romantic home decor and fine home furnishings. They provide free shipping on everything store-wide anywhere within the continental U.S., and we also provide customer service that is world-class. The website is shabbyroses.com. Check it out today. It's shabbyroses.com. For the people in the cheap seats in the back, we're going to spell it for you. S-H-A-B-B-Y-R-O-S-E-S. Dot com. ShabbyRoses.com and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Up next, it's the origins of chocolate with today's Creation Moments Minute. Do you like what you hear on the Creation Moments Minute broadcast? Then you'll love getting the Creation Moments Biblical Creation Devotionals in your email Monday through Friday. Each weekday, you'll learn something new about God's amazing creation. You'll also hear about the dirty little secrets that evolutionists don't want you to know. To start your free subscription, go to creationmoments.com and enter your email address at the bottom. On today's Creation Moments Minute, find out about a cactus that can be a desert traveler's best friend. What two things are most important to someone lost in the desert? 
why a compass, and of course, some water. If you're lost in the desert and find a compass barrel cactus, you have both in this amazing plant. Inside the cactus are a couple quarts of water stored in the inner flesh of the plant, enough to save someone's life. The cactus also produces a light-sensitive chemical that makes it grow more rapidly on the side that gets the least sun. The result is that the cactus grows leaning towards the south. The compass barrel cactus is more than just a compass and canteen. It also bears points to a wise creator who, we learn from the Bible, provides forgiveness of sins, salvation, and spiritual direction through Jesus Christ. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar. Famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and uh, you know you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Well, well, well. This is the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program, coast-to-coast to border-to-border at five minutes after the hour. It is, of course, Tuesday, which means it's hour number three, which means Donald Mazzella and Dan Perkins are going to be with us here in a few moments. And if you want to get a hold of us on the Internet, you can go to JiggyJaguar.com. We post all of our audio and video up there as well. Check out J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.com. And... Uh, Gentlemen, we've got an interesting series of topics today. Um, first of all, let's let, let's take this uh, op-ed that uh, I, I posted on our website at JiggyJaguar.com. And uh, I know that, uh, Dan, um, you, you work really hard on these op-eds. Tell us a little bit about the op-ed that we're going to be talking about today. And also, you, you're going to be uh, featured, I believe, what is it, on the Hill tomorrow? TheHill.com, it's their lead op-ed on it. The, on their broadcast at uh, when they update on at five o'clock, which is their primary time to update. So it was supposed to be, unless something major happens, supposed to be the lead op-ed tomorrow. It'll wow. be on for like uh, twenty-four hours, and then uh, then it goes to their archives. Um, I, I wrote this uh, op-ed because uh, I was on uh, Thursday night with somebody that you know, Jim, uh, Josh. Yes, Mi- Mister Bernstein. Right, we did we did an uh, forty minutes together, and we wow. did half on Iraq and twenty minutes on songs and stories for soldiers. Uh, the point that I made, which led to the op-ed, was that we and you know I've said this more than once before on on our show is that I don't believe that the American people, and I did another show this morning out of Des Moines, Iowa. Um, that the uh, the American people don't understand uh, Sharia law and they don't understand the Quran, and they clearly do not understand. And I'm beginning to wonder whether or not our negotiators, our Secretary of State, and our President truly understand 
what they're doing here in the negotiation of this nuclear treaty. Because there's a provision of, of Sharia law that allows a mother, when they're dealing with an infidel, to promise anything and never be obligated to keep their promise, whether wow. they sign for it or not. That, that's, uh, and uh, uh, it's called Tahiyah. Yeah. And that particular yeah. provision, which is discussed in the op, basically says that if, uh, I raise the question uh, almost rhetorically, if the Mullahs and the Ayatollah Khomeini, even if Iran says that they're going to sign the agreement and they sign the agreement, will the Ayatollah Khomeini and the Mullahs in Iran uh, obligate the government to fulfill the terms of the conditions. I don't think they are. I don't think they want they want anything. So I think that what's going to happen here is that our, our Secretary of State and President, who, who literally need out of desperation some kind of a small justification for his Nobel Peace Prize, this is the last best chance that he has, they're going to make the President make enormous concession and they're not going to keep whatever the treaty says. They're not going to keep the treaty. So I also said what I'm concerned about is the president himself said last week that provisions of this treaty may in fact be secret and be not known to the American public or the Congress. And I'm saying, my God, what the hell is going on here? And I'm reminded of uh, of Neville Chamberlain when he went to... Uh, to Hitler to try and get him to, uh, on a non-aggression pact, and Hitler signed it, and then within weeks after he signed it, he was invading Poland. Yeah. Uh, my greatest concern is that, that Iran is a really bad country. They are really bad people. Not all of them, but the people who are in charge of the terrorist activities in Libya, in Syria, they've now taken over, in, in, in many respects, Jim, um, with the Iranian troops leading the way into Tikrit, they, the Iraqi government bypassed the American government, the American soldiers, put this alliance together to go in and attack Tikrit, because the goal that the Americans wanted was Mosul way up the road, down the road in April or May or June. So I'm concerned that the, the, the infiltration, the wanting uh, invitation by the Iraqi government to bring the Iranian military into their country as a partner, quote, unquote, to fight ISIL, uh, has created a situation where they've basically invited the fox and the hen out, and Iraq is going to become a, a puppet state for Iran. So I just think that our uh, a gentleman asked me this morning in an interview, so... What you're saying is that the President of the United States will make any kind of a concession to get this treaty done for his legacy. I said, absolutely, because without this treaty, the President has no positive legacy. Look what happened in, I mean, if he doesn't get the treaty, his legacy is a dead ambassador in Benghazi and a fallen government in Libya and in, in, uh, in Pakistan and Iraq. And and so, and Egypt, and on and on, he has no positives. So he needs, he desperately needs this, and I'm concerned that he's going to give away the store, try and get something to sign, but they 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 are not accepting the the real probability that the Iranian government will cheat on the nuclear treaty. Well, first off, uh, 
Dan, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you're up, up that piece, which you shared with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we we got to find some stuff to disagree on. But anyway, um, um, you know, that's the way it makes good radio today is disagreement. But, that's right. Uh, I, I want to point out three things. For one thing, any part of that treaty that's secret, the Israelis will um, 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 publicize. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw the Wall Street Journal today, but they're, one of their lead stories um, is the fact that uh, the Israelis have known what's been going on in those negotiations from day one. Um, and, and I believe the detrimental parts of that uh, treaty will um, will be eventually known. Whether it's known in time is uh, uh, another point. Uh, the other right. interesting thing is... Will share the secret parts of that treaty with the Senate and House um, uh, Intelligence Committees, the, the one or the Foreign Relations Committee in secret session. Um, my own feeling is they won't, but that's, um, they, they do have to, they have a legal and moral obligation to share it. And uh, as you and I both know, there are no secrets in Washington. It's only when they yeah, appear. But, but, but Secretary... John Kerry testified before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee less than two weeks ago that he believes, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm almost quoting directly, we believe that the administration has the power and does not need the approval of Congress to sign this. Now, uh, oh, if you oh, if you look at, huh? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Saying, I was going to go to that point. Yeah. And what, uh, I, what I'm, saying, no, I'm I, saying to you, what I'm saying you is that that the 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 Constitution is very clear, clear, Article Two, Section Two, that the Senate, by a supermajority, must approve a treaty before, even if the president signs it. Well, it, you're not going to get 67 senators to sign off on a treaty without knowing what the terms and the commission, conditions are. So, you, if if he wants to hold things in secret, and he wants to bring it to the Congress, then he's got to bring it to all 100 senators. The review, and then your, then your point comes, and I think it's important, is that once the, the hundred senators are briefed, it's no longer secret, and it will come out. And I think they are they are afraid to death of the concessions they're making to try and get a treaty done. Is why they've 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 floated this balloon of, of secretness. But I think once the American people begin to understand what we have given away in this treaty, and how much danger we've put ourselves and Israel and the rest of the Middle East in the American people are going to be outraged. Well, my feeling is he's not going to bring it to the Senate. I think he's going to not call it a treaty. I think he's going to call it uh, something else and bring it to the U.N. Uh, and try to put it under that umbrella. Um, that's how I think he's going to uh, try to avoid this. I don't, I don't think he can get away with it. He's got a problem, but... And he's got a problem in that he's got 63 senators, senators which include Democrats, who've already said to the president, we want to see this before it's done. And over 300 congressmen, Democrat and Republican, both in the House of Representatives, have sent the same letter. We want to see the treaty before it's signed. So the political pressure from the Democratic Party on the president, I think, is going to continue to, to, to build. But I do think we have a president who's so narcissistic about this that he's going to, through it, I don't need the, I don't need these guys, and I'm not going to tell them anything 
and uh, let them go pound sand somewhere. Um, that creates a huge problem because if it's not approved by the Senate, it's not a binding treaty to another president. And next president, if he's a Republican, which is what the, the 43 senators point out, it's not approved by the Senate. The new president can then with a stroke of pen and nullify the treaty, and we start all over again. Um, but the, the Mullahs don't understand that. Uh, I don't know whether they're getting reassurances, reassert, reassurances by the yeah. administration that that's not going to happen. But I, I just think that this is what's, what I'm seeing happen. And then I heard today, this morning, the president of France has now spoke out against signing the treaty. So one of the uh, P5 plus one. So I think that there must be momentum building not only in the capital, and that's why I'm so excited about this op-ed being in the capital tomorrow as we hotly begin to discuss this treaty with so many days left. Uh, but it appears that in the foreign schools, there, there seems to be a, a building of people against it. And I, um, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Um, but you, well, well, I'm going to tell you what I president. think is going to happen. Good. Tell me. Uh, uh, he's gonna, you're forgetting. You're assuming that this president really cares about public opinion and really um, cares about the Democratic Party. <laughs> okay, and and that's two assumptions that I think are wrong. Uh, you know, I thought May, uh, Ma, what is it, after Deluge, he doesn't care. All he cares about is uh, himself and his mm -hmm. legacy. And he believes mm -hmm. by, um, um, he believes that the next, if he, if he gets this treaty approved by the UN, he believes that the next president will not have the uh, guts to renege on the treaty. And if he does, then giving uh, Iran the carte blanche it needs to go forward. Don't forget, we had the, uh, Iran on the ropes economically, right. uh, and uh, we we let him off. And, and you know, and there's a saying in boxing: uh, when he's on the ropes, that's the time to move in and and uh, uh, land the big blow. And what he's done is let him off the ropes, and he's given him another right. two years. Right. And, and there's not so, enough time. There's not there's not enough time uh, if you wanted to impeach the president to impeach him because there's not enough time to go through the process. And so right. he's he's, ba right. he's basically he's been given a free ride, partly by the Republicans, uh, for the last two years of his presidency to do damn near whatever he wants to do. Whether that'll survive long Correct. term remains to be seen as to whether or not we get a conservative Republican for president in 2016. If we don't, if we Hillary, I don't think she's going to do anything about the treaty at all. Well, let's do this, gentlemen. We're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, let's chat a little bit about Ted Cruz, and uh, we'll let Don kick off that segment when we come back here on a World Famous. Okay. Jiggy while you show back. Great new marketing partner of Transmedia Worldwide. Pirate Magic is much more than an awesome pirate mermaid princess fantasy game. Adventure, it is seven different types of entertainment in one complete and awesome Sulo prize package. You will be getting a DJ dance party, comedy act, 
fully interactive and educational magic show, temporary tattoo artist, theatrical storyteller, opera singer, and a theater production show all in one. It also includes gender-specific goodie bags for every child. Visit piratemagic.net for complete details, including pricing, serving, MT, TCVA, happiness guaranteed, or you don't pay. Check it out today. It's piratemagic.net. Can hornets generate enough electricity to power a digital watch? This is the Creation Moments Minute. Entomologists at Tel Aviv University who've been studying oriental hornets have discovered that the wasp's cuticle, or skin, works as a living solar cell. When sunlight hits the hornet's cuticle, electricity is generated. Different layers in the cuticle generate and store electrical current. Voltages have reached as high as several hundred millivolts, and the current as high as several tenths of an amp. In effect, oriental wasps are living semiconductors. The researchers admit they don't know how the hornet converts its electrical energy into a form it can use, nor do they know how the cuticle stores the energy or transmits it. Modern science loves to take pride in its accomplishments. However, every time science investigates God's seemingly simplest creations, scientists are reminded of their need for humility. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar. in Kansas. Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. He's realizing Jiggy Jaguar is better than me. I'm totally serious about that, too. Presenting Jiggy Jaguar. Oh, Tyler Hollywood will never live that down. (laughs) It is the... uh, World-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program on such great radio stations as the Starcom Radio Network, which is 20-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Our good friends at TuneIn, KFRK in Denver, Colorado, and, of course, K-Rocks Radio out there in Casper, Wyoming. And uh, for a complete list, check out JiggyJaguar.com. It is hour number three, 21 minutes after the hour. We've got Donald Mazzella, Dan Perkins with us today. And, um, Don, let's kick off this segment hearing from you, my friend. Um, Ted Cruz announced that he is running for president. Um, This is shortly after Glenn Beck said that he has nothing to do with the Republicans. He doesn't care about the Republicans. But yet he's done a campaign commercial and he's endorsing Ted Cruz, who last I checked was still a Republican. Um, Is is Ted Cruz going to be a a force or is he just the, the first guy in a list of many Republicans who were going to run for office. Well, uh, first, I have another topic, but I'll I'll answer that. Ted Cruz will be the uh, vice presidential candidate when all is said and done. Wow. Uh, uh, Yes, and I I firmly believe that Walker of Wisconsin will be the presidential candidate. And um, the Supreme Court just gave him a big endorsement. Uh, uh, which I consider the more important story of the day yesterday. Yes. When it when it uh, when it approved the uh, uh, voter registration that you're requiring a full ID license and refused to take the case, I think uh, that's a straw in the wind that uh, this unbridled uh, populist movement of letting anybody uh, motor vote, etc. cetera. Uh, but uh, more importantly, it's another straw that indicates 
day that uh, Walker stands a, a very good chance of being the presidential no nominee. And Cruz would make a perfect balance for him uh, as the vice presidential candidate. Um, uh, could Cruz be president? Of, uh, of, is he a viable candidate? Yeah. Is he a candidate I think will uh, eventually uh, uh, be the, uh, the nominee? No. No way. And I, I think he's really, don't forget, he's a young man, and he's really looking... Um, uh, really towards uh, 24 if the Republican wins and uh, 20 if, uh, uh, and, and by the way, if Democrat wins. And again, I keep re reiterating that uh, Hillary will not be the president of the Democratic candidate. Uh, I, I still firmly believe that. Um, uh, anyway, uh, and with, with Cruz, I... I just don't think he has it all to go all the way. And I, will he have an effect? Yeah. Will he have a positive effect? I think he will, by the way, because the, the Republican Party, a legitimate Latino candidate in a time when a Latino vote is uh, uh, growing bigger and bigger. Now, Dan, well, what, what, do you, what do you think of this Ted Cruz situation and also what Don brought up about the Scott Walker uh Scott Walker situation. Well, I, I believe that, that, that Walker has the package. He has the experience. He's dealt with the union. He's dealt with a, a terrible budget, uh, unemployment, and poverty. He's done with it all. Um, but, but while I, I as a person, uh, I find Cruz um, intriguing because at least at this moment in time, he is a man who was elected based on a set of principles that he expounded to his people in Texas. And he said, this is what I want to do. He came to the Senate, and he did exactly what he told his constituent he was going to do. Um, and he's gotten, a lot of, he's gotten a lot of heat from the, from the rhinos. He's gotten a lot of heat from John McCain and other moderate uh, Republicans staying on the budget and on defunding Obamacare, he has the right message. But as I, as I listened to his speech yesterday in a wonderful forum and, and no teleprompters and, and, and spoke eloquently for a period of time, not off the cuff, but, but very casually, um, there's a, you probably know about this in Kansas, uh, Jim, there's, a, there's an animal that they use to lead a herd, and it's called a belt. Yep. And yep. What, what happens, the bell cow is the first to leave, and for some reason, uh, the rest of the herd will follow the cow with the bell. I think Cruz is a bell cow, and I think Rosie's a bell cow, and what, what he's going to do is he's going to take the level of rhetoric that he's going to talk about, whether it's Obamacare or the budget or whatever it is, flat tax, zero tax, whatever. He's going to be the bell cow, and the bell cow doesn't always necessarily the first cow through the gate, but leads the people. I, I have looked at Cruz. He's a very educated man, um, Ivy Leaguer all the way. Uh, he is Hispanic. He has that, that's the situation. But I, I did this analysis when I was looking at him, and I was looking at some other people. I, I did this op-ed uh, some time ago about who was the last qualified 
to run for president in the United States. When I say qualified, had some experience in foreign policy, know what it means to run the federal government or be involved in running the federal government, and has political experience. The last person to do that was 41. And we have a president sitting there. Part of the problem of why this country's in the mess that it is is because we had a president who counted days of experience in the Senate, not decades of experience in the Senate. Um, I think Cruz is the same. He's a first-term senator. He's very eloquent. He has the right message. But I don't think he has enough seasoning. I don't think he's done yet. And I would be afraid that we didn't do well. Um, we didn't do well by bringing in a rookie with no experience. Um, he's as educated as Obama. He's as more articulate than Obama. He's more, he's more friendly, more warm. But I heard, I heard somebody say last night, where would you put Cruz and on the Republican scale? And the person said, if, let's say if Don's right, that Hillary doesn't run, that Elizabeth Warren, who may be running for Massachusetts, is to the left of the president, or to the left of, clearly way left of Hillary, but even further left than Obama. Cruz, on the other hand, is as far right as much as Elizabeth Warren is far left. So you're looking at the potential of at least two extremes. I don't think the Republican Party as a group is yet, is yet ready for a leadership style and presence like Ted Cruz. I do think that, as I agree with Don, at some point in time in the future, he will have a very big shot at being president of the United States. He may be a little early, but he'll gain a wealth of experience in doing this and he'll build his national reputation. Um, John Kennedy did the same thing. So I like him. I think his rhetoric is terrific. He doesn't have enough experience. And we've had the experience of having a junior senator trying to be president in a matter of months after he became a senator, and it didn't work. And I don't think it'll work with Cruz either. Well, uh... So, Don, jump that's in. That's the long and the short of it. See, that's what I like about you guys. We, we, we get in and we get out. It, it's awesome. Uh, we're going to take a, another quick break. When we come back, we're going to chat a little bit more. It's uh, 29 minutes after the hour. Don Mazzella, Dan Perkins are with us. Want to get more information? Check out Jaguar.com. We're back here in a few. Great new marketing partner, Transmedia Worldwide. Pirate Magic is much more than an awesome pirate mermaid princess fantasy game. Adventure, it is seven different types of entertainment in one complete and awesome solo prize package. You will be getting a DJ dance party, comedy act, fully interactive and educational magic show, temporary tattoo artist, theatrical storyteller, opera singer, and a theater production show all in one. It also includes gender-specific goodie bags for every child. Visit piratemagic.net for complete details, including pricing, serving, MT, TCVA, happiness guaranteed, or you don't pay. Check it out today. It's piratemagic.net. Talk with Jiggy right now at 267-22-JIGGY. Or email 
Jiggy Jaguar at JiggyJaguar.com. Welcome back to our big program today. And uh, Donald Mazzella and Dan Perkins are back with us. And uh, gentlemen, let's. Uh, let, let, I'm going to let Dan uh, throw up a topic here, or Don, whichever you guys prefer, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll bat it around here. We we, we had a quick okay. segment, well, so we've got an extra segment basically. So Don wants something. Well, I was. Uh, I'd I'd love to talk about uh, the University of Virginia rape case and the, and the uh, abdication of media. Okay. And the, the yeah. College of, uh, um, you, you know, I'm a member. I, I like to think of myself as a, a member of the uh, mainstream media, but sometimes I wonder. Um, <laughs> uh, a little bit of back. A little bit of background. Uh, a couple of months ago, Rolling Stone ran a story in which uh, this woman talked about her horrific rape at, at a fraternity party. Well, uh, the immediate, immediately, it was in Rolling Stone magazine, which has done some good work in the past. The trouble is they did not vet the story very well. Um, and the first thing that uh, the Washington Post and others pointed out was the fact that uh, they never talked to the fraternity about it. And if they had talked to the fraternity, the woman claimed she was raped at a party. And, but the fraternity pointed out that there was not a party on the date that she claimed. And then, then uh, but the reason Rolling Stone, uh, the freelance reporter, um, didn't talk to the fraternity is because the victim asked them not to. And they acceded to that, which violates absolutely the first rule of journalism. Well, having pushed this uh, very multi-flawed story, they, uh, the University of Virginia president, acting at, uh, in the typical style that we seem to see working today, we saw it in Oklahoma where these two kids were uh, expelled. He expelled the fraternities from the campus. Now... Um, and it, now it turns out, uh, just yesterday, the police chief in Charlottesville said we cannot, uh, after extensive investigation, cannot find out any evidence that such an incident appeared. Now, where did this story appear? Where did this uh, contradictory story appear? Well, it hasn't appeared yet in the New York Times. It appeared briefly in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, uh, it was on, uh, admittedly on the front page of USA Today um, uh, as a sidebar. And we're seeing the complete application of the media to, to its role to present both sides of the story. And then to top it all off, last night Hillary Clinton spoke at a, a journalism event in New York. And she, uh, she took questions, and there was not a single question from the elite of journalism about the um, uh, uh, the email controversy, not single one. And at the end of her talk, there was a standing ovation. Something um, uh, journalists have, in all my 50-odd years of experience, simply have always avoided. It's not the way to do things. Yeah. So if you ever needed evidence, that the, the media uh, has a double standard. Uh, here it is in the last few days. And Dan, you want to comment? I do. I absolutely do. Um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm looking at it through a different set of eyes than Don. I'm looking at it from the standpoint that what came out today is that the group who put pressure on the college from the reporter, but there's a, a women's rights group, admitted that there may not have been a rape, and here's the kicker, but that's not important. It is, what's important is that probably somewhere on a college campus in the United States, some woman was being raped. So not only do we have an issue of, of balance that Don's talking about, we have the, the inability of the publication to print the truth. Now, there's a difference between being uh, objective, as Don's talking about, fair and balanced, and telling the truth. But if the truth is not told, then the credibility of the reporter and of the magazines or televisions or newspapers that are reporting gets destroyed. Every, every time this happens, Credibility gets lower and lower and lower. What we're dealing with is the philosophy that's, that's dominating the left wing of the Republican Party. The facts don't count. When judging us, judges on our intentions do not judge us on our actions. The fact that they wanted to pursue this case on bogus information because somewhere in the company country somebody was being raped is it, to me it says the press is much like the ayatollahs in Iran you can't trust them because they're dealing with infidels and they're the terrorists and they're going to do what they wanted to do for whatever they want to accomplish regardless of whether it's the truth or not they have an agenda they have a mission, they have a goal, they're going to do it, come hell or high water. And it seems to me that we have a situation where, this is, as Don says, this is another example, but this is an example where the group behind this whole thing openly admitted that there may not have been any rape on the campus that particular day. Yep. But what was more important was to deal with the issue of rape because it's, quote, a national problem. Well, it's not a national problem. And by the way... If you want to talk about the issue of rape, what about the tens of thousands of women and young girls and children who have been raped and are being raped in Iraq and Syria by ISIL? There's a situation where you yep. can deal with it. Yep. And, and, and there's a woman who, who, who was, I forget her name, I'll get it for you, but she wrote, a, she wrote a piece and she said, wait a minute, it was from the 60s, and she said, when she went to when she went to college, the administration, in her opinion, felt like it was their responsibility to be stand-in parents to protect. She didn't say it this way, but I am to protect the vagina of their daughters. Yes. Well, what she's saying is, if we're going to send, uh, if we're going to allow a woman the ability to go off to college, then she has to be held responsible and accountable for her own life. She doesn't have adults who are looking at her because then she's no longer adult. If she's going to get drunk and go to a frat party and she gets raped, saying, she's saying that she's responsible for it, but her actions 
led to those actions by other people. And so are we trying to protect our women, keep them away from those men at colleges? Then if so, we should never, ever either not send the women to college or only send them to women's colleges. And we have to put uh, shackles on all the men because they are monsters. That's how absurd what's going on. <laughs> and the president expelled the he ex, he convicted. We used to, you know we used to have a situation in our country, Jim, where you were innocent until proven guilty. Yes. Well, now it's you're guilty until you're proven innocent. Yep. And well, you look get at the Duke. Uh, same thing. Look at the Duke Lacrosse. Uh, yes. We're seeing yeah. a pattern here. And we're seeing a pattern in the press, which uh, uh, I, for one, abhor, which is if, if it's politically correct, it's um, uh, blown, up, blown, uh, blown up. If not, it's swept under the cover. Yeah, uh, look at the Ferguson matter. Um, my wife pointed out a thing last night that she heard in the Kelly report, that the, the man, uh, the, the witness who said uh, that the, uh, 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 well, I forget his name, uh, in Ferguson, said, um, I, I give up, um, uh, it still has a job with the city, and the policeman who shot him in defense of himself doesn't have a job. And, you know, you know, it's a real, and uh, even the Justice Department could not find anything to convict him on, yet uh, <laughs> where is that all that up in the press? It has not. Yeah. And that's to me, is what's wrong. Uh, it, it, there's something fundamentally wrong. Dan, you're absolutely uh, right on your point. And, and, and it's such so, so our, uh, our Borum, the Oklahoma University, he expelled these two uh, boys for, and they're boys. They're not yet men. They're not 21. Um, you know, yeah. But title to, to feel that way and to say those things. Oh, uh, it's no longer uh, 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 possible in this country to explain something uh, that's not politically correct. And there's something wrong. Because if you don't have uh, political dissent, and if you don't have dissent, you don't have democracy. And we'll, we'll have rapidly... I'm sorry? No, we don't have... Actually, we 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 we've got a we've got a couple more minutes here before we got to take another break. So if you guys want to want to okay, because okay, because um, I really want to go off on this one because <laughs> it, it affects what I've done all my, all my life, and it is a real shame. Um, uh, I judge um, uh, various um, journalism uh, uh, contests, and it's amazing. Uh, what I see is put up as good material and what's voted on by the other judges sometimes. It just boggles my mind. And I can tell who's going to win the awards uh, after I see the uh, entries and what they do. Because uh, an article that does not follow political correctness it has almost no chance of being accepted as a prize winner. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, uh, I, I've seen this time and time again, uh, and, and I and I and if you look at the uh, uh, the awards that I'm not involved with, they just come, 
if they talk about uh, man's inhumanity to... Uh, uh, there used to be a standing headline in the New York Post many years ago that we joked about. Coal wave hit city. Uh, blacks and Jews suffer most. I mean, uh, that was a standing headline. And, and we, we seem to have in this world that everything that happens bad, we've got to illustrate with a, a black or a Hispanic. Uh, we almost never see a, a, a white person or um, anyone else uh, appearing in the newspaper. On, on Saturday, uh, I counted the Star Ledger in New Jersey. There were 63 pictures in, in, in the Star Ledger and all over the place. And of them, 51 were black or Hispanic. Yet the audience for that the newspaper is predominantly white, older. Uh, we, we, we seem to have uh, put everything in the perspective of those two who make up less than a quarter of the population, right. and we seem to have forgotten the rest of the country. I mean, out here in Reno, um, and uh, it's a more diverse, uh, oh, uh, this poor uh, sports commentator on Friday, he happened to mention that Oregon is mostly white. And within 20 minutes of saying that, uh, he was on ESPN, he had all kinds of complaints. But he was merely pointing out the truth, that Oregon is almost 98% white. Uh, white or uh, uh, non-minority. Uh, and he was pointing that out. There were what were the top five cities to live in? And he said, as the sixth city, Oregon. And he immediately got feedback. I mean, so much so that he devoted the rest of the program to justifying it. Uh, you know, what is this world coming to? <laughs> now I'm finishing my rant. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna I, take a I'm break. Sorry. Hey, no problem, gentlemen. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up with one more topic here. Donald Bazella, Dan Perkins, here on the World Famous. Cheeky Check What You Show back here in a few moments. Great new marketing partner with Transmedia Worldwide. Pirate Magic is much more than an awesome pirate mermaid princess fantasy game. Adventure, it is seven different types of entertainment in one complete and awesome solo prize package. You will be getting a DJ dance party, comedy act, fully interactive and educational magic show, temporary tattoo artist, theatrical storyteller, opera singer, and a theater production show all in one. It also includes gender-specific goodie bags for every child. Visit piratemagic.net for complete details, including pricing, serving, MT, TCVA. Happiness guaranteed or you don't pay. Check it out today. It's piratemagic.net. This is Chris Markowski, your watchdog on Wall Street, and this is your watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. John Kerry, our Secretary of State, is in London talking about ISIS. Oh, yeah, we got big plans. Because you remember the president during his State of the Union address says we've got a broad coalition fighting ISIS. Right. Who? The Kurds? That uh, wonderful Iraqi military who puts its gun down, guns down and runs. Yeah, we, we got a great coalition going for us right now. Anyway, I could stop in a minute. I could, uh, if I was in charge, this would be over but quick. 
uh, I'd actually flex a little bit of muscle and I'd flex that muscle on the financial services industry because ISIS has bankers. They put their money into banks. They don't put it into a mattress. They make over a million dollars a day selling oil. First, who's buying that oil? Second, where's the cash going? It's going into the financial system. When they're asking for $200 million, shaking down the Japanese government for a couple of their citizens, what do you think they're gonna do? Hand it over in suitcases? Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Talk with Jiggy right now at 267-22-JIGGY or email JiggyJaguar at JiggyJaguar.com. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Tuesday edition of the world-famous Cheeky Check While You Show. Best-selling author Dan Perkins and, of course, our good friend Donald Mazzella. The, uh, I loved what Don said earlier. He, he considers himself part of the mainstream media sometimes. <laughs> I love that. Now, um, Dan, I, agree. Dan, I yes, know sir. that you've got um, a book coming out very soon. Um Yesterday came out yesterday. Now uh, you're you're doing some pretty cool stuff with that. Uh, let, let's let's kind of take this last segment. Unless you guys have a suggestion, I was thinking we'd take this segment and kind of bat around about the new book. And unless you guys have something okay. more pressing you no, want to talk about, I, I, I can use the commercial. I, I'm, I'm not bad. <laughs> I'll take the airtime. So, the third third book of the trilogy. The first book is Weather on the Red Nile. Uh, terrorist perspective. It's a story about beginning the process to try and educate the American people about how these terrorists think about us, why they hate us, why they want to kill us. Yeah. They get two nuclear bombs, old suitcase 30 bombs. They've got an alliance with uh, the Iranian nuclear program to rebuild them. They bring them into the southern border. They explode both bombs in the United States, and there's massive destruction. That's how the first book ends. The second book takes over from the time the bombs explode to determine how this government is going to function uh, when they can't get a quorum in Congress because nobody can get back because there's a shortage of jet fuel. Uh, and even the president doesn't have all of his cabinet in, in place in, in Washington. Um, how are they going to begin to people move things around? Uh, they've got a problem of major contamination where millions of people have to be relocated. Um, and all of these things are how we're going to rebuild America from this devastating nuclear attack. The second half of book two begins to talk about, okay, what are we going to do as a nation to begin to deal with this problem of terrorism on a serious basis? And that leads us into book three, which is called The Brotherhood of the Red Now, America's Bonds. People who have read the first two books are telling me, they've been driving me nuts. When is the third book coming out? And it's finally out. Because what I tried to do in the third book is I tried to address in a fictional account many of the problems that we are facing as a nation today. What do we do about our border? What do we about what do we do about the millions of people that are that are illegally in this country? What do we do to begin to deal with energy independence? And and then finally, how do we begin to make the world a safer place, not only for us but for the rest of the world, by aggressively beginning to deal with terrorism? And, and that's kind of the broad of what's being covered in the third book. Now, while this is the third book of the trilogy, anybody who would read the first two books or even all three books has to understand that even as a fictional writer, I cannot serve, I can't solve the world's problems in three books. 
what, what's been happening is that as the second book came out and more and more people began to read it, they began to establish a relationship with these vicious characters that are in the book and were asking me as I was writing book three, well, what's going to happen to them? And um, and so I, I'm here to tell your audience. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.